0: that we would own this issue, That, that we would begin to see that the absence of virtue in the lives of the women in our culture is in no small way, even if it's not entirely ours to own, it's in no small way related to the fact that men seek and celebrate women who are morally bankrupt supply has met demand wise godly men value and celebrate the wise godly women so the main point for this this morning is celebrate that let me give you a couple of points of of application on just celebrating godliness single guys let me talk to you single guys I want you to do a checkup really quickly on what you value in a girl as you think about the girls around you What are the non-negotiables for you, for a girl that you would consider dating to pursue as a wife? What are the things you value? How attracted, think of this question, how attracted are you to godliness? Guys, it will tell you a lot about the condition of your heart when you figure out what makes it beat fast. And if we were honest, we would say, that we are pursuing other things. And I wanna warn you, the book of Proverbs is filled with this warning. If you pursue a good body with bad character, you might get it. And the heartbreak that comes along with it. Single guys, what do you value in a girl, in someone you potentially might marry? Married men, I wanna ask you this, are you celebrating your wives? Are you celebrating your wives? And here's a question that just, that honestly, um, it just struck me this week. And I, I hope it strikes you. I wanna ask you this, guys, married men, what do you think, listen to this, what do you think your wife thinks you most want from her? I know that's a dangerous question. But can I ask you this, guys? Do you think she'd ever believe it if you said that your deepest desire on any given day of the week is that you would have a wife who loves Jesus more than she loves you? What do you value? What do you celebrate? Ladies, let me ask you, what do you want? No, seriously, I have no idea. What what do you want? That's not just a catchphrase. (laughs) I'm looking for gifts for Emily and I have no idea. (laughs) Seriously ladies, let me ask you this, are you pursuing Jesus as the deepest joy and love of your heart or Is it possible, ladies, that you are being formed by the twisted perversions of a culture that gives depraved, immoral women roses because they're willing to compete for the attention of a guy who's so narcissistic, he thinks 25 beautiful women should show up on national television and compete for his attention? That's a television show, by the way. It's called Bachelor, if you're not aware. I don't recommend it. So what's informing your view of self of what you value, of what you pursue, the word of God, the call of Jesus, or the culture at large. Girls, what do the boys who like you actually like? Think about that. What do the boys who like you actually like? Young girls, young ladies, single ladies, I just want you to consider Consider as you think about a potential husband, would you consider someone who is doing what King Lemuel is doing in Proverbs 31? What's he doing in Proverbs 31? Well, first he's talking positively about his mommy. That's a pretty good way to start, right? My mom taught me a phrase early on that I used more than one occasion. I think it cost me a date to prom most years, but my heart belongs to mama. That's what she taught me. My heart belongs to mama. Uh, that was over and over again. Here's even more. Consider what he's doing. He is celebrating. This guy's celebrating. He's putting his reputation on the line by celebrating in word and deed the godliness of, of godly women. He celebrates what God celebrates. And girls, let me just tell you this. If some dude starts to make you feel like your value and worth are found in your willingness to push physical boundaries, your willingness to show off your body, your willingness to be more and more like popular culture, drop that dude like a bad habit. You you hear that one, right? And maybe a left hook, maybe a left hook or just bring him to me. Wise, godly men value and celebrate wise, godly women. That's what this morning's all about. Let me show you a couple more things. Look at verse 13. I want you to see this. Wise, godly men value and celebrate, now listen to this, the hard work of a wise, godly woman. Look at verse 13. She seeks wool and flax, And works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's yet night. And provides food for her household. And portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Listen about this woman. She is strong and smart. I love that my girls are 10 times smarter than any of the boys their age. I love that. And if they come home with a dollard I will not stand for it. So just know that she is strong and smart. God celebrated strong, smart women before America ever existed, okay? So, so there you go. Just put that in your pipe and smoke it. I don't know. I just, I got mad about that for some reason. I, don't, I was angry. She's strong and smart. She's an incredible planner. Her hands are willing to work. She goes out. She gets food from afar, probably because there was an organic store further away than the other one. She wakes up early. She stays up late. Verse 16 says that she actually deals in real estate and quickly turns into a farmer. What? This woman is all over the place. My mom used to say this, a man works from son to son, a woman's work is never done, right? This woman bears that out. Here's the story. Godly women understand that Christ-honoring character yields solid, hard work, and godly men celebrate that. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. I just want to encourage... the the men in this room to celebrate the hard work of wives would you consider doing one or all of these things I just want to encourage you to consider this would you write would you write your mom and and your wife or your wife or however the Holy Spirit leads you on that um, not your wives that's a sin but your wife (laughs) write her a note would you write her a note this week and would you specifically let her know the labor of her life that hasn't gone unnoticed would you do that would you consider especially the things that she thinks have probably gone unnoticed? Be specific. If, if your wife seeks after wool and flax and puts her hands to the distaff and holds on to the spindle, celebrate that. All right, I don't know about your wife, but my wife washes and folds and puts away a small mountain range of laundry every single week. And then she's expected to memorize the entire clothing inventory for the entire family. In the house. Hey, mom, have you seen my black shirt? Seriously, I was looking for that one black undershirt that I wear this morning. Do you know where that's at? Get for it. Okay. Yeah. Send her. Would you write her a note? Would you do this? Would you send her a text? Sometimes this week, would you send your wife, your mom a text? Uh, my wife, my, my mom is the least technically savvy person on the face of the earth, Okay but she texts, and so I sent her a text message. Uh, She can't text back Uh, somehow. uh, She must be wearing large mittens or something because the buttons just don't work quite, but she gets the text. I sent her a text this week that absolutely blew everything that the rest of my brothers were going to say to her away. Would you send a text to your wife and mom and thank her specifically for who she is, and not just what she does. And guys, here, husbands, I wanna, I, this is the challenge of the, of the morning. Will you at some point this week, look your wife squarely in the eyes and not in a weird psycho way that's gonna make her feel uncomfortable, but in the way that you, she knows you're thinking about her and not what's for dinner. Would you look her in the eyes and would you tell her specifically what you see in her? that reflects the character of God that she works hard and you notice and you appreciate would you men are you going to do are you going to do one of those things Uh, four of you will do those things that's exciting this should be a great week we offer marriage counseling through a partner ministry locally Uh, um, obviously you're not going Um, I would encourage you to start Here's the second thing. Look at verse 11. So wise godly men celebrate and value hard work. Look at verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Look down at verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Not only do we celebrate hard work, we celebrate selflessness. Selflessness in the lives of wise, godly women. This woman lives selflessly for the good of those in her life, primarily for her husband. This woman continually asks these questions. What is good for him? What is best for them for his standing in the community for his heart what is the best thing I can do for his heart to be able to fully and completely trust me and trust my judgment what is good for my kids not just what they want what they need how can I prepare for their future she makes sure that their clothes are ready for the winter and not just a Florida winter a real winter the lives of her family members are blessed because she is there and she is living for their well-being gentlemen this is not a given for every woman so when you see this in your wife celebrate it value it when she sits down last at the meal any of you guys related to somebody who sits down last at the meal don't raise your hand because it'll it'll show up the guys who can't raise their hand my wife constantly is the last person seated and we in this argument honey how can i help you what can i do uh Go sit down. But I want, to be, I want to be a servant. I want to be able to preach about being a servant. So uh, what can I do? I need an illustration this week. Come on, help me out here, babe. Just go sit down. So here's what we've decided to do. You may want to pick this up. So uh, many of the, the nights that Emily comes last, which is most of the nights, she's coming last to the table because she's taking care of everybody else. All of the rest of us around the table, we coordinate that the moment she sits down, we stand up. And it's a standing ovation for mama around the table, okay? Right? Right? I think she hates that too. But that's, what, that's one of the things we do. Will you celebrate her selflessness in some practical way? When she, now think about this one. When your wife or your mom, think about, just think about this. When your wife or your mom goes on a so-called vacation where she still has to cook and clean and do laundry without the convenience of her own kitchen and laundry room, what a life you're giving her. Would you celebrate her selflessness that doesn't get a vacation when she puts her dreams on hold so you can pursue yours? Would would you celebrate her willingness to live for your well-being in a thousand different ways every single week? Godly, wise women are self-sacrificing for the people in your life and it is God-honoring for wise, godly men to celebrate it. Let's look at this last thing. Wise, godly men value and celebrate the wise counsel and kind words of a wise and godly woman. Look at verse 26. She opens her mouth. I'm going to fight the, a really good joke that came up there that would just ruin the whole thing. <laughs> she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Mothers, you guys know this and we all know it too. You are primary teachers in the lives of your kids. Whether you want to be or not, you're teaching them every day of your life the most important lessons they're ever going to learn. You're teaching your kids what time as a family should look like. You're teaching your kids what's most valuable. You're teaching your kids the things that are angry or worth being angry about, what it looks like to disagree with authority. You're teaching your kids how to spend their lives and how to deal with their problems. And most importantly, you're teaching your kids how to think about God. And a wise woman intentionally teaches her children With wise words, she teaches the gospel of Jesus. She teaches the wisdom of the Bible. She teaches the value of God's kingdom. She uses her words. She uses her words to instill godly kingdom wisdom into the lives of her children. But just notice, this isn't only wise words that come out of her mouth. Verse 26 says, it's the teaching of kindness. A wise woman knows the value of wisdom and speaks all of it with kindness. She knows the most important role of filling her speech with grace. And not only is that true for her children, she's also the most trusted counselor to her husband. No one on earth, no one on earth is willing to shoot me straighter than Emily Green (laughs) or laugh at my jokes. I love you, boo. She calls me out when I'm being stubborn and foolish, she lets me know when I've been gone too many nights in a row. But more than anything, and more than anyone, she reminds me over and over and over again that God is bigger and better than me. And she wisely and strongly challenges me to do what I believe is right and not what I know is popular even if it costs us everything we own. Do you know how liberating it is to live with a woman like that who says you do what's right and we'll live with one another in the grace of Jesus Christ godly, wise, men celebrate and value the wisdom and kindness of a godly wise woman they value and celebrate her selflessness and her hard work and i and i was reminded of this again i shared a story with our graduates at merritt island christian school and 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 i felt like it was fitting for me to share that with you this morning as we're talking about valuing celebrating this um and if you're here on graduation uh don't get to the punchline before me that's just rude uh In 1799, there was a young boy, he's 12 years old. His name was Conrad Reed, and he was fishing in a stream near his home in North Carolina. And as he was kind of climbing through the river rocks there in that stream, he found a river rock that caught his attention. It was kind of peculiar, didn't look like the rest. And and he really loved that rock. It it stood out to him. So he lugged that rock. It was a 17 pound river rock. He lugged that all the way home. And his his family thought it was pretty cool and interesting. So they actually made that 17 pound river rock. the, The door stop for their family home. So every day for three years, the people of that home lived with that as their doorstep. Every time they went in, every time they came out, every visitor who came and went from their home passed by that 17 pound river rock. If you imagine every single day they had to pick that rock up and handle that and put it there by the door as a doorstop. Every night they'd have to pick that up and move that so they could shut the door. So every day for three years in the the home of the Reed family there's that 17 pound river rock until one day when John Reed, Conrad's father, uh, became really curious about that river rock and what it actually was. So he took it to a jeweler in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and that jeweler realized what that river rock actually was. And on the spot, he offered John Reed $3.50 to buy that 17-pound rock. John Reed, not knowing what he had, gave that rock away to that jeweler who then turned around and sold it for a thousand times what he had paid for it. You guys probably could fill in the blank, especially if you're here Friday, that was no ordinary rock. It was a 17 pound chunk of gold. (laughs) He saw, he gave it all away, right? He gave it all away. And here's the deal. Here's the point about what a tragedy that that family would be living every day in the presence of a bona fide treasure without even realizing it. Would walk by it every day, would, would, would pick it up, would hold it every day, would be a part of the fabric of their life every day. What a tragedy, what a tragedy that they would live in the presence of a bona fide treasure and not even realize it. Of course, I could not help but think about that this morning. An excellent wife who can find. Her worth is far above rubies. And gold and wise, godly men value and celebrate the wise, godly women in their lives. And some of us this morning, as we hear this teaching, we hear it, we hear it, and and here's what we know instinctively here's what we know instinctively that the bend of our heart is not to value most what we should most value. That The bend of our heart, no matter how well we would anticipate in a room like this, going out into the rest of our day and celebrating appropriately the godliness of the people around us, we know we are prone to distraction and we are prone to distortion. We realize I can't do this. I can't value most what I should value most. And some of us hear this and we think this is this is the worst I've ever felt on Mother's Day. Thinking of what i'm being compared to and, and let me just tell you this as you are encountering what you feel as your own deficiency in valuing what you should value or being who you should be here's what you're really feeling here's what you're really feeling what you're feeling is your need for jesus this that's why we need jesus i remind you from last week 1st corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 tells us that in him god has made christ He has made Christ to be wisdom. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption for us. Jesus is the one who makes us right. He's the one who makes us valuable. Jesus is the one who becomes wisdom for our everyday life. And so when we encounter our need for virtue, for righteousness, for power, for strength, for sanctification, for wisdom, here's what we're encountering our need for Jesus. And so the application really for all of us is the same this morning call on Jesus to do in you and for you what you can't do for yourself. Call on Jesus to be wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Don't run out into this week. Don't run out into this day doing your best to do what we just talked about. Run out resting and trusting in Jesus to be enough for all that you need. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? We're gonna sing a song of praise before we go and then I know some of you may wanna speak with a pastor about your relationship with Christ. So at the end of our service, we're gonna have a time for our pastors to come down front. But before we we do that, we're we're gonna have a moment of prayer. And I just wanna ask you right there, right there where you're sitting, would you just close your eyes and spend a moment asking for the Holy Spirit to apply this truth to your life. Men, would you pray that God would prompt you To value and celebrate the godliness you see in your wife and your mother and your daughter. To live like you believe that she is more valuable than your car or your job or your hobby or your friends or your career. Ladies in this room, would you pray that your heart would trust in Jesus and not your own strength to live out the model we see in Proverbs 31? To trust in Christ to be for you what you can't be for yourself and you can't be for the people around you. And call on Jesus today. And for every one of you who would say, I I, just, I know I'm broken, whether you're dealing with the guilt of your own sin or the joylessness of your life. I hope that you'll know that God gave his son, Jesus, to live the life you couldn't live, a perfect and completely obedient life, and to die a death you should have died as the payment for your sin. And he rose again from the dead so that he could give his life to you and live his life through you. And he says that everyone who calls on the name of Jesus as Lord will be saved from their brokenness and sin. Would you call on Jesus today? Lord, we love you. We celebrate your work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Today, specifically, God, I wanna thank you for the moms and wives, the, the, the godly women in this room, those listening over the radio and internet. Lord, I thank you for them. I pray they would be encouraged to know their labor's not in vain? And would you allow the people in their life to rise up and call them blessed, to praise them to the glory of Jesus Christ? May we all trust in Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. And we pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs)